Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com. Well, good morning. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of your listeners, our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting that tweet this button and let your followers know about the show. If you have a question, you can feel free to call in. The number is 516-595-8125, or you can send me a question in the chat room. It is open. If you like the show, you can always follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page, and of course, you can keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Mark Tierno, an author and a ghostwriter. As a full-time author and ghostwriter in Southern California, Mark has crafted a truly epic fantasy novel that will take you to the ends of a world of magic, alien vistas, and ultimate evil. He holds a master's degree in physics, which often plays well in his creation of other worlds, and is the author of both the Madeline series and his Inspector Flatfoot series, as well as others yet to be seen. He has one problem with writing, though. He just can't stop. When he's not working on his own projects, he's working for, on someone else's book and currently has ideas for a lot more if he can just find the time to get away from the rest of it. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Um, I would offer one minor correction. It's pronounced Maldine. Yeah, I Although you're not the first I one that, that, that's pronounced it Madeline. I, I, you know, when I saw that, I went, I just mispronounced his book name. So that's my first question. Can you, so it's Maldine. And yeah. what is Inspector Flatput? Did I get that one? Uh, uh, close enough. Um, Inspector Flatfoot <laughs> is one of my tongue-in-cheek uh, short stories and novellas I write uh, between all the big ones. You know, he's he's basically <laughs> a PI guy with, with, with no luck. And you know he pronounce he would pronounce it like um, flat foot, you know, with, with an extra a on there, and and be picky about everybody else mis- mispronouncing it. So so that's sort of a running gag there. Um, you know he, he's the one I have fun with be, between the Malding books and all the others. So what are the Malding books? Okay, it, it's a thirteen book series. It's um, Basically, high epic fantasy and science fiction mixed together because I love mixing genres. And Maldine is the name of the planet where everything takes place. It spans Uh uh, several continents, other worlds. The the whole plot takes place across like thousands of years. And, of course, it revolves around my big bad guy, Myro, what it is he wants, you know, what his plan is and how to stop him. Wow. Yeah, I... I'm a big Star Trek fan, so I like those kind of books of other worlds and other other uh, people that live there and things like that. So what inspired you to become an author? I mean, you're in physics originally, right? Yeah, the, the, the 
author writing part, every time I think back to the the first time I wanted to, I keep finding a reason to go further back. Um, for instance, when, when, when I was 14, I got tired of, um, in the movies, why doesn't the bad guy just, you know, off the person? Why does he, you know, explain his entire plot? I want a real bad guy, so I wanted a real bad – it's a, a real villain I can sink my teeth into. But then before that, when I was 13, I remembered uh, I began reading books and just sort of making notes in the back of my head of, you know, things I liked about the way it was written. And then before that, I was even crafting little stories of my own. So I could never place a firm date on when I decided I'll be a writer. It just sort of evolved over time. And I found myself creating this world in my spare time over uh, like about 15 years uh, before I actually got to writing it. Wow. So you've seen a lot of the publishing industry then through the years. How have you seen it changing in recent years, especially with now the tools that we have to self-publish books? Well, the self-publishing and the e-book uh, craze has been both a good and a bad thing. It, it it means that if you can't, you know, get in, in the hands of some of the big guys because they get picky and they don't like taking chances at all, then you can at least get something out there, gets them noticed, and then maybe the big guys might notice it. However, it also means that anybody can get something out there, no matter how bad it is. Now, now there's some good e-books out there, and then there's some people that they, they, where they've actually written a short story, and they call it – I wrote a novel just because the word e-book has book in it. And so, like I said, it, it's both a good and a bad thing because there's almost no vetting process other than the time when the guy finds why am I not selling anything. Yeah, and I know that you and I talked uh, offline just before the show started about how – Many times I've spent 99 cents on Amazon to buy a ebook version of a print book to be able to get the author to best-selling author status. When you can game the system like that, are there really best-selling authors any longer? Well, the bestsellers and the in that case, because I ran into it, it's um, often used by some people that 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 want that have a business to promote and everything. And the best selling is is you choose a niche category in uh, Amazon that doesn't have too many competition, and, to, to, uh, and and you sell like about thirty copies, so you get thirty friends or something, lower your price to a buck for a bit, and and then you get a best selling batch. <clears throat> Actual best sellers. You, you won't be seeing, I sold 30 copies in a niche category, therefore I'm technically a bestseller. Actual bestsellers, hey, I sold about 100,000 copies and it wasn't a buck. So that's when you can tell if it's a real bestseller versus you know, just a marketing trick. Yeah, but doesn't the marketing trick, it seems to me, damages the genuine bestsellers? I mean, it kind of degrades a bit what you think of as best-selling author status. It takes away a bit because nobody looks into the details of mm-hmm. 
exactly why is it a bestseller. They don't look into, hey, it's a bestseller, but it's only sold 30 copies, versus, hey, it's a bestseller, but it, it just sold 200,000 copies. You know, they, they just see the, the, the tag bestseller, and they often don't look into the details, and they find out the bestseller stinks, and they get a bit hesitant about anything else. Yeah, yeah, I that yeah, I think that's that's been the downside I think of self-publishing is how much it takes away from you know when you do something that's really well crafted and you go to a publisher and somebody picks it up and says, "Yeah, I want to publish this for you." So, I I don't know, I think that it's probably a a change that's permanent in the publishing industry. And I and I know you write your own books. But I also, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today was about the ghostwriting services for people who maybe have a consideration about ghostwriting. So can you share a bit about ghostwriting, how it works, what type of people you tend to work with, you know, why do they want a ghostwriter? Well, the ghostwriting for me started because I was broke. I can't pass a job interview to save my life. And I realized, you know, my resume looks a whole lot better from a writer's point of view. And and I got into this world. There are two types of of books you can ghostwrite, basically fiction and nonfiction. I do both. Uh, Not everybody does. The fiction ghostwriting is those people that they have a story or an idea in mind, but they know they don't have the writing skills to pull it off, or maybe they don't have the patience or something. So they contact someone like me. The the nonfiction ghost writing, anything from businessmen to doctors, lawyers, finance people, all, all, all these these guys that they have this information that they want to do, and they figure, hey, if I put out a book, um, that that will label me as an expert in my field and draw business to my brick and mortar business. Unfortunately, they don't know how to communicate with normal people. A doctor will talk like a doctor to other doctors, a lawyer will talk in, in his legalese and everything. So they need basically a translator that also has the writing skills, and that's where I come in. In my case, my strengths, and and, and, and I've had a couple agencies brag about this going, oh, Mark's a great writer, because he he has both sides of his brain going. He's a master's in physics and has a great imagination, so he knows how to translate what you want to say into normal speech for, you know, just people in the street, you know, that that, that will then pick up the book. And so they, they, they seek out someone like me, and they go, great, I'll write, you know, through him this little book. I'll be branded an expert, and more people will come to my business. And, 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 and that's why the nonfiction types, you know, ghostwriting a book benefits them because the whole point is for, for them usually is not to sell hundreds of thousands of copies, but just enough to get more notice on their business. Yeah, to be able to open doors. Yeah. You know, and I know, too, with when it comes to the speaking end of things, it's always great to have a book because what I do know about the speaking industry is that it's also changing with more and more conferences that are being taken to an online format and so many speakers out on the um, out there in the world of public speaking that I'm seeing more and more conferences who aren't necessarily interested in paying the speaker and they may or may not even pay for their advert or for their um, travel 
to the event. And so I think it's more important to uh, more important now than ever that anybody who speaks has a book because you can always make money speaking if you have a book, not only through back of room sales, but the just the um, opinion that we have that if you've written a book, you are obviously an expert in your industry, so maybe we'd like to do business with you as well. So I always think that writing a book is a really good thing, and that's exactly why I want to talk to you because I think a lot of people are apprehensive about writing a book and would like to have a ghostwriter work with them on the book. So that's kind of what I see going on in the speaking arena right now. Do you see those kind of things happening? I don't get exposed too much to the speaking arena, so I'll bow to your expertise on that. But in, in, in general, 90% of non of of the nonfiction stuff is basically someone with, with with a business, and they want a book to have handy mm-hmm. to basically brand themselves, <clears throat> but they don't know where to begin. And 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 so I tell them, okay, the procedure is the same thing. All I need for them is, is basically to talk. I, I I go on to 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 like um, a recordable conference call thing that you know where we just talk, ask questions. I let them. Say whatever they want to. This about you know the thing and record it so so I can have a transcribe later on. We start by getting an you know enough of an idea of what do you want this book to be about. Let's break it down, outline it chapter at a time. Once we have that, then our next conversations are okay. Today let's speak about this this subject for this chapter. And you know I. Part of my job is organizing what you know their thoughts or what they want in into a book or multiple books. There's been a couple clients in which I've, one guy wrote like four books for. That's great. <laughs> so um, it's a, probably a good industry then to be in if you're a writer as well. I mean, it uh, it helps everybody out. <clears throat> yeah, it it the. The purpose I have, you know, for the ghostwriting, obviously, to, is, is to support my own writing habits and 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 um, put food on the table and get some marketing going in my own books. And like I said, I, I do fiction and nonfiction. I love doing the fiction. The nonfiction, for the most part, is uh, the bread and butter because there's a lot more people, you know, businesses that go, I want a book written than there are people that, that can't afford to hire me for, I, I have this novel idea. So most of my uh, c- clients are like businessmen, doctors, lawyers. Uh, it, it spans the entire range, everything from an investment book to a book on yoga. Wow. Um, can we take a minute out? Can you share your contact information with the listeners who might want to find out more about your business, especially your ghostwriting business? Sure. Uh, There's two ways. There's a website and an email. The website is www.maldine.com. That's spelled M-A-L-D-E-N-E.com. You you can see see about my book, and there's links to everything. Um, My email is marktierno at maldine.com. That's M-A-R-K-T-I-E-R-N-O at maldine.com. Either one will uh, get you in contact with me. 
Excellent. So tell me more about your love of fiction and why you think fiction is so much more fun. Fiction, I'm writing a fiction book, basically I'm God. I, I, I get to create all this exciting stuff. Um, growing up, I always loved reading both fantasy and science fiction. And so when I began writing my own stuff, I thought, why don't I blend the two? And you won't see too many books that, that do a good blending of it. Because if you have magic hitting technologies, usually one guy has the blaster, the other guy has a magic wand, and that's about as good as it gets. I tend to blend things with a lot more subtlety. I get excited about the upcoming plot and the characters, and and and, and there've been all average writing about 12, um, about twelve thousand words a day, and there, there there's been a couple of days I've written well beyond that just because I wanted to see how it was going to come out. You know, I, I was as excited as anybody else that might be reading it, and then when I first began nervously passing the stuff around crossing my fingers going what are they going to say you know every writer's nervous about his own stuff you know the lack of confidence comes to the territory but then again it makes for great editing skills but then i found out everybody began loving it people's jaws began dropping you know critical friends that love making fun of things you know everyone had had, had, excuse me everyone has those friends where they go oh good he's into something let's see what, what we can you know bag on them about they all just gave open jaws and went, this stuff is great. So I've been uh, plugging away at it. It's it's something I love to do. It's exciting, and you know I get to create. And, and that's the essence of life is just creating something. And, and have you taken your books to an audio format? And if not, have you thought about taking them to an audio format? Um. I haven't taken them to an audio format. It's briefly crossed my mind a couple times, but it comes down to, okay, that means I have to hire a speaker and some other things that requires extra money, and, and I'm busy trying to mm-hmm. do normal marketing stuff right now. Um, in fact, I was speaking to my dentist the other day, uh, and he asked, is it in an audio format? When, you know, they have programs that you can run to that will – sort of read it off for you probably not the same but you know no i've i'm trying to 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 get it going normally and 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 audio might be out there in the future but you know i just can't afford to look into it right now you know i have mixed feelings about audio i love audio books because i listen to them when i walk however it's really difficult with an audio book, especially when you're walking, to, you know, kind of stop it, bookmark it. You know, when you have an actual physical book in your hands and a highlighter or a pen or post-it notes, you know, you can really dive into those books, whether they're fiction or whether they're nonfiction, and, you know, kind of make notes. You can fold pages to come back. So I I think the value of having the printed book is still really important. You know how I how I do it is if I really love the audio book I'm listening to, and I think it would be really important to me. And, and I don't listen to fiction. I listen to um, nonfiction books all the time, mostly business books and uh, self help type books. 
but just having the book in your hand and being able to mark it up and go back and revisit passages is really, I think, one of the finer qualities of having a print book. I think audio is okay when, you know, you're listening in your car or something, but it's just really hard to get the same information and content out of an audio book than it is out of a print book. So if I really love the audio book, I'll go ahead and buy the print book as well. But that's just my take on audio books. There's also the other disadvantage of audiobook, in that, and especially in nonfiction, where you're basically reading for facts and to educate yourself about something, mm-hmm. is you can often read faster, you know, than you can listen to uh, someone else talking it. And and there's also, you know, so you can read you can read faster, and then you're going, what was that last paragraph? And it's easier to backtrack your eyes about and, and go over something again than it. it is to, to uh, press rewind or something. So it's a matter of efficiency. You know, I think an actual book, as, as far as reading efficiency, is better than uh, just passively listening to an audio book. Yeah, one of my reasons for audio is that when I read a book, I tend to become drowsy. So, you know, <laughs> audio books are nice, but they still don't really replace being able to hold a book in your hand and mark it yeah. up. So let me ask you this. Is is there a question that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Not that I can think of. Uh, I mean, I could go on and talk about my own books for an entire you know, show or two just on that. Um, I would say if you're... Well, if you're interested in, in, you know, as a ghostwriter, I give you my contact information. I do fiction and non and nonfiction. If you're interested in a good read, because I have some very good stories, I'm getting some reviews coming in. One person compared well, tell me, my first. Yeah. You know, compared, tell me yeah. more about your books, then. Yeah. Tell me more about your books. <clears throat> okay. Well, like I was about to say one person compared my first book to The Hobbit Meets the Odyssey. And when you think of what that comparison is, I thought, wow, thank you. But um, I, 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 got, I currently got Maldine and Flatfoot out. Uh, Maldine, like I said, is the big fantasy science fiction epic. It takes place way far away, nothing to do with Earth. I got, I got tired of you know, all the possibilities out there, and it's always some lost colony or something. <clears throat> and the villain, Myro, I designed him to be the ultimate villain. If if you encounter him and he lets you live, that means you're already in his plans, and he plans centuries in advance. And, and so there's a lot of mystery over what he wants, also mysteries about the world itself, because Maldine has a lot of mysteries. And my inspector, Flatfoot, I had the two, the first two stories of that one. <clears throat> that one picture, cyberpunk anthropomorphics um, detective noir. So, so it's in the future, in, in a world where, where, where they basically science has evolved all sorts of furry, you know, cats, dogs, goats, whatever, up into humanoid intelligent status, and they're sort of like second-rate citizens. And Inspector Flatfoot is um, a detective in, in this world, and you know, all, all sorts of goofy things things happen as well as you know the, the main plot. And he's the one I have fun with be, be, between the big things. Your average Maldine book, for instance. Um, 
is between is around like 375,000 words. Your average flat-foot story is maybe like around 100,000 words. So, so he's my quick write, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think what else I can summarize in 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 a brief time. Um, basically, I write epic, really good. I think it's fascinating. I I love the whole idea of uh, your fantasy novels, and then just having a ghost writing service is a good thing for. Uh, a lot of the speakers who don't have um, the time, the patience, the skills, the nuances of writing a book, because uh, I know it's it's a it can be a very creative process. So I just appreciate all the information that you've shared today on not only writing your own books and what they're about, but also you know what it's like to be a ghost writer and how you work with others. So. I really appreciate you being a guest on the show today, Mark, and um, I just uh, think it's wonderful what you're doing. So thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been an honor being here. Thank you. And that is our show for this week. You can join me each um, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time for another episode of Speaking with Influence. If you are a speaker and you'd like to share your passionate message with my listeners here at Speaking with Influence, please feel free to contact me. My number is 760-685-1960, or you can send me an email. My address is debra, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. Until next week, I hope you have a safe and prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com.